Well, hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Today, I am introducing you to Annette King, who is the Vice President of Global Education for Elemis. Gosh, Annette is just a perfect example of why I do this show. Having this conversation with her really lit my Beauty Biz soul on fire, and I have a feeling you're going to leave this show feeling really motivated and inspired to show up differently in our industry. It really was such a fun conversation with a gal who has seriously been around the Beauty Biz block quite a few times. So you got to listen into the end. This show's a little longer than normal, but you got to listen in and hear the end because I really want you to hear her talk about her 2018 beauty trends, some really powerful insight that she shared. And it's not what you'd expect a trend to be in the beauty industry, but like I said, powerful insights. Also, she had a really surprising success tip that she shared right at the end of the show as we were winding down, and it surrounds how to recruit talent into your spa, and it's, again, very unexpected, but such relevant and, and great advice. So stay tuned, enjoy the show, and go ahead and visit thebeautybizclub.com under news, and you will find the downloadable stuff that she mentions that she was sending my way. Okay, guys, enjoy the show, and thanks for joining us today. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious Beauty Biz entertainment. and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Cree, and today I'm here with Annette King, who is the Vice President of Global Education for Elemis. Hi, Annette. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. You know what? Thank you for being here. I mentioned this on our pre-call. Gosh, you were so easy and lovely and and <laughs> made it so simple to book you on the show, even though I know you're crazy busy. So I appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Don't tell everybody I'm easy. Let's not start. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) I meant in scheduling. We we can have that conversation over a cocktail Sunday. (laughs) About that kind of stuff. It's so weird. I feel like I know you. I feel like we should have met long before we did. And it's funny because last week, Lauren Snow said to me, have Annette on the show. You guys, you guys know each other, right? And I said, no. I don't know her at all. So, so crazy. Yeah. I feel like we've been ships in the night. I, you know, it's like I'm, I'm teaching in ballroom one and you're teaching in ballroom two (laughs) and, you know, we're both wrapped up in our lives, but definitely I'm sure our paths have crossed, but you know, not, not formally. And and I'm very disappointed. We're going to have to just quickly turn that around. Well, you know, and we live in the same city. So like I said, maybe a cup of coffee or a happy hour sometime would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like I can't get enough conversations surrounding the beauty biz world, especially from women who are out there just owning it. Now you have built quite a career and a life for yourself in the beauty industry. So tell me, How'd you start out? Where were you before you found your way into this industry? Well, I'm originally hailing from the UK. So the accent, of course, I'm now, you know, 20 years nearly here in LA. So the accent's a bit strange, but off the bat, let's clear that up for everybody who's trying to work out whether I'm Australian, South African, (laughs) American or British. I am a Brit and have been in the industry for 25 years I like to tell people, I, you know, I started like a small child, like a chimney sweep, <laughs> like five years old. But yes, long time in the industry. 
have had the the absolute fortune and pleasure of of living and working all over the world. Um, but like I said, the last twenty years here in LA. But originally from the south of England, a little place called Devon. If anyone has seen the movie Sense and Sensibility, that's what I used to like to use as my reference point. Oh, very cool. And <laughs> um, literally began at, you know, 13 years old, completely child labor, um, fell in love with, with skincare and all things beauty because my my best friend at primary school, her mother owned a, a salon. And it was a tiny little salon at the bottom of their garden. It's so very English and eccentric. And I would go in there after school, weekends, whenever, and help out. Um, and that was where my love, my love for the industry began. And, you know, I was the cleanup girl and I was the girl that picked out the hairpins from the, <laughs> from the cut hair and washed the perm rods and fetched the teas and coffees. And, uh, then started, you know, combing out old ladies, shampoos and sets. And it was, I was madly in love with, with all things. Looking back now, like what element of it did you love? Because I feel like this may tie into something that you just, that I just read an article about you and your 2018 trends for our industry. But can you, do you remember what it was that made you excited to go pick up hairpins off the floor? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, I love my mom. My mom is a nurse and she ran a, a doctor's surgery. So I've been very comfortable around people for a really, really long time since I can remember and never had that issue with talking to people and connecting with people. And I think, you know, why why I fell in love was connection. Of course, it was the ability to make them feel better about themselves and relieve pain and all the rest of it through hands and treatments. But really, it's, it's people. And I think, you know, our... our work is more valued, more needed today than ever before because of that human connection and really why that's missing, you know, and particularly for me, starting with old, lonely people who many of them were widows um, that lived in the small village where I grew up and, and having someone that was just kind, that was willing to touch them and talk to them was absolutely everything. And I... And I knew that this was my mission, whether it was personally doing treatments, running spas, training other skin therapists, how to to work on clients and sell products and be profitable. This was my thing. And I was I was going to stay in it. Well, so what are you licensed in? as far as beauty industry? Well, I'm, I'm British trained. So as you know, the training four years, right? It's like a university degree, right? So we get trained in all things. So not hair, but I, but even though I did it at 13 years old and had no clue what I was doing, but skin massage, you know, aromatherapy, makeup. I worked for a long time as a makeup artist. What do I left out? Electrolysis. You know, and we do in the UK in our general licensing, food, nutrition, and also exercise. So back then, yeah, the training was three years to get my SIPTAC. I then went on to do Sodesco. But because I'm a complete overachiever, I actually got through the program in just over a year. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, before I even graduated from college, I'd gone, the UK had this thing called a YTS scheme, which was like a youth training scheme. And basically when you left high school, you had a year before you could start college. And I went to the busiest, craziest salon in the, in the city where I was from and begged them for a job. So I was 16 and said, I'll do absolutely anything. And I was the runt. And the, the house was like something out of Harry Potter. It was a giant Victorian home with men's hairdressing on the barbering on the in the basement, women's on the ground floor, private wealthy ladies on the upper floor, and then the, the beauty salon, which was really a spa then, but that word really didn't exist, uh, was set off. And then on the top floor was the the stock room and a wig making room. I mean, this is making me sound like I'm like 800 years old. Well, is this like, 
like this was your first job in this type of facility because I just have this vision in this facility and it was 150 (laughs) therapists um, sorry hairdressers hairdressers and there were like six estheticians you know skin therapists massage therapists we had a sauna and a steam room and and I loved it and uh, did everything but you know before I was even qualified and gone gone to official college to get my 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 qualification I'd already learned all the treatments before I went because the you know the the other therapists I worked with just taught me everything so I had a clientele before I was qualified well you know what I'm gonna tell you a side note here that I've never really shared with anyone before (laughs) I graduated from school and felt like a bit of an elitist. I'm not going to lie because my beauty school teacher was English and had gone through that university type training. So I totally know what you're saying when you talk about your training and how devoted and how seriously it's taken as a profession over there. Oh yeah. I mean, you are, you're like one step down from being a doctor. People will let you do anything to them. Oh my gosh. This is my mission to bring this to our country. It's seriously yeah, and, it is. You know, I know, you know, Jane Worman's obviously the founder of, of Dermalogica and IDI. Her and I had dinner a couple of weeks ago and she, you know, she is on a mission to bring city and guilds to the US, which is this wonderful apprenticeship training program that exists in the UK and has existed something crazy like since the 16th century. She was just made a fellow, actually. And this, this is the difference because, you know, we, we do national or international qualifications that are taught in, you know, the college I trained at is a university. Um, and you're taught by lecturers and, and professors. You know, I was taught biology by a professor. Um, it's very different to the, you know, 600 hours that you do and get your license for here in here in the U.S. Um, and that's what sort of led to me, you know, wanting to get more into training and, and hiring also a lot of British instructors and moving them over to the U.S., to to teach the International Dermal Institute back then because we'd had that depth of training. We had that sort of level of respect and pride. I mean, you know, it's about we we should all be very, very proud of our profession. Um and and in America is very much based on well, did you do you have a degree? What college did you go to? And there is nothing, nothing wrong with or should be diminished by any hands-on trades whether that's a brick worker, a skin therapist, a hairdresser, you know, the guy that's mending your roof. It's all very, very honorable. It's honest. It's it's very profitable if you're really good at it. And it shouldn't all be tied into this, you know, university degree education. I mean, that statement speaks to my heart. So if you are going to have a dinner conversation surrounding how to improve upon the professionalism in this country, I would love a seat at that table. Future. Of course, you're there. Thank right you. Next- <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. So you got out of school, you start working, and then how did you end up in the more, I guess it would be admin or managerial or marketing. I know you were with Dermalogica for a long time. Right, right. So, you know, after... After actually, you know, coming from Plymouth and Devon and I was, you know, please, it was ridiculous. I ran that, ended up running that that salon and working freelance as a makeup artist and then going back to the college I trained at. They invited me to come back as a lecturer. So I did, you know, three days there or something crazy. Um, completely also too young to take a teaching qualification. So from there, for me, I really wanted to travel the world. So I was then a spa director for three years with Steiner on the cruise ships. Then I moved to Southeast Asia, launched Elemis, who I'm currently now with, um, in the Asian market. And, you know, um, throughout Southeast Asia, worked for a distributor that carried then several lines, lived in Singapore, Malaysia and Vietnam, and then came back to the UK and thought, okay, let me put my pin in a world map 
and see where I'm going to go next. And for me, everything was about travel, learning, learning about different cultures, teaching, training. You know, I've moved more into sort of helping to grow product lines and distribution away from sort of spa operations and teaching in colleges and stuff. So for me, it was like, okay, where where do I feel, you know, what, what are the brands that are really growing and expanding? And actually, I accepted a job in the Middle East, which was that a lucky miss? <laughs> because now I look at it, I'm like, that would have been crazy. And as I was literally packing my bags to move to Bahrain to actually work for a princess, Isn't that crazy? You know what? It's just you are living proof that there's so many amazing opportunities in this industry. Yeah, you do not need to stay here in your little town. You can live anywhere around the world. So anyway, she, you know, I was, she had a, a spa on the grounds of her palace. I mean, it sounds like a fairy tale, and I'm sure it probably was. And literally, as I was packing my bags to go, Dormana, who was um, an examiner for the British Qualifications Board, her and I have been very good friends because she would come and do examinations in in um, Singapore for me for the school that I ran there. Why are you going there? Dermalogica are hiring. Have you heard of Jane Warwin? Do you know about the International Dermal Institute? This is an absolute win-win. You need to go work for them. They're, they're, they're interviewing in London. And that was it. You know, I flew up to London. I met Dr. Diana Howard and fell in love with her and thought, oh, my God, I, I just, like, follow her around the lab and hold her beakers and test tubes if I could. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, got hired as an instructor. And, you know, I'd been a vice principal of a school and was, you know, director of this and that, but went right back down to being an instructor level because that's how we did it at IDI and Dermalogica at the time. It's like you just had to come in and, and, and you know, learn your way and then quickly, you know, moved up through the ranks and, and spent 19 years there and, you know, moved out here to L.A. to the head office. And at that time, the brand was only three training centers in the U.S., maybe five distributors. I think now they're at, you know, 89 distributors around the world, 89 markets and, you know, 20 training centers across the U.S., 35 around the world. So, you know, spent a long time there. I remember the first time I walked into the facility. I think it was in Torrance. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I walked in and I felt like I heard the angels start to sing. And I was still in beauty school, but I knew I was so in the right industry when I, that's a beautiful facility. Yeah, well, that one now is now they've moved to um, a little further down the road. And I want to say that the building is 150,000 square feet. Oh, my goodness. I just had a facial client come in. I still work as an esthetician in my spa in Encino. And I had a gal come in last week. She is in beauty school. She's becoming an esthetician. And she was so excited because she gets to go to the Dermal Institute for the first time this week. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it is it is. You know, we built something very, very magical for the time. And, you know, I look back at it now and now I'm working, you know, I've worked with other brands and looking at how other people do education and, you know, all hats off credit to Ray and Jane in the vision that they had and to invest that much in education and build training centers and hire instructors. I mean, at one time I had a hundred instructors, you know, reporting to in, into me. Um, most of the companies could just never afford to make that investment, but they were, were so passionate um, about the skin therapist, about the growth of the, of the industry, about offering that type of level of training um, and from that, you know, the product line came secondary. And that is very true, you know, of, of how they built the business. And, and that's why Dermalogica has done so incredibly well around the world um, and evolved. You know, it's it's really phenomenal. And, and the classes are still there, the training, the then and now they're doing, you know, a lot of webinars and podcasts too. And I think I think it's really important when you've had 
um, limited training to kickstart you in this industry, your own continued training, you know, through what you're doing, through attending trade shows, etc. You know, all of that is really vital. The one thing I do hear that always circles back to Dermalogica, and I, you know, Louis mentioned earlier, I'm always out there interacting with other practitioners, is um, the teaching of touch. She has a lot of classes, and you're right, it's not just about product, it's how to touch another human being, you know, the technique and the, even down to the pressure that you should be using. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, your, your hands are your communicators to your client. It's what makes you remarkable, worthy of a remark, and that's what gets your referrals. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I mean, I, I still do a little hands-on on, on, on friends and family, but not really much anymore. Um, but, you know, people will remark on your touch and on how they feel when they're in your bed and, and how transformative it is. And you have to work on that. I mean, I think it's a natural thing of your passion and your empathy for people that comes through from your heart to your hands. And, you know, but you do need to, to still work on, well, what's my technique and, and what massage routines do I know? And what are the different disciplines that I know? And you've got to learn all of it and then find your own way. But I think it's about being present, right? I mean, it's about being there for that person that has driven across town, tried to find somewhere to park, left the kids or the job, you know, <laughs> come to find you for that hour of, of, of complete escapism. And how are you going to spend that hour with them, taking care of them, touching them, you know, giving them that full attention that they cannot find anywhere anymore. And, you know, I, this morning I woke up early, I got up at four 30 because I have to write and something came out of my brain onto my hands and the keyboard that I go, I finally think I figured out the key to success as a practitioner. And it is finding a balance between your heart and strategy. And that's, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what yeah. it's all about for us as practitioners. We're creative, we're healing, but we need to find a strategy as well. Yeah, because I think you can go too far the other way, right? Of you know, and I used to see this with students all the time at IDI, where they were like, "I'm a husk. I've got not, nothing left to give, and I don't have time to work on my business plan. And I know I should be marketing, and I know I need to train, change my menu, and I know I need to add treatments, and I don't have a clue about the finances." Um, and and because they gave and gave and gave and gave to their clients. Um, and never had any time to spend really on on that business side of it. And yeah, you end up in sacrifice mode for sure. Yeah, not, yeah. not a good place to be. No. <laughs> so did you actually end up leaving Dermalogia because they sold? How did you step into this yeah, new position? So, yeah. yeah, so I, you know, obviously a, a huge piece of my heart is there and is still there. And I still actually mentor quite a few of the employees there. And, you know, it's it's still a very big part of who I am because you can't spend 19 years of your life somewhere and help to build it and sell it and, and it not be part of your heart. Um, of course it is. So for me, you know, as part of the team that, that helped with the with the um, acquisition, they sold to Unilever. Ray and Jane were very, you know, knew that that was the route. It was all very well planned out. It wasn't something that was a surprise. They thought very carefully about how they wanted to handle it and what they drew up as really, you know, critical for the new ownership that they still, you know, followed the path of, of supporting the professional, offering education, et cetera, et cetera. So we went through that process, which I would say is a really interesting learning process for anyone who's ever in a position where you're thinking about selling your company and then, you know, entertaining, you know, options, etc. So we we all went through that. Um, well, a, a cool group of us went through it that we were involved. And then we came through and we basically, you know, handed over the reins to, 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 to Unilever. They kept everybody very much in place and didn't want any of us to, to move on, which is, again, very refreshing. They're a wonderful company, I will say. But for me, I felt like, okay, where am I going to spend the next you know, 
10 years of my career per se. Where am I going to spend it? What am I going to do? Where could I bring change and, and help another company to grow that has seen the success that, that Dermalogica has? And, you know, as soon as you say that in your own mind, the universe is a very powerful thing, as we know. And I was starting to think that way. And the owner, one of the owners of Elemis, Sean Harrington, who I have known since I was 18 years old in that first spa situation, basically contacted me out of the blue and said, I'm moving to the US. I want to grow Elemis in the US. We've never mastered the US market. And I need you. I need your help. You've done what you need to do at Dermalogica. It's in very, very good hands. And I really need you now. Um, and, and basically, you know, he, he spent a year in, in, in talking to me and trying to convince me, you know, to come and help him. And the thought of trying to do it again and, and, and help a very, very different brand, by the way. I mean, it's very much more spa focused. I want you to tell me a little bit about the brand because I experienced them on a cruise ship. I got yeah. a facial yeah. and a massage and I had to buy this cooling. Uh, Refreshing gel. Yes. Refreshing yes. Gel. <laughs> One of never in our top five on the ships. So, yeah. So basically... Elemis, well, the company Steiner, first of all, so let's start there. So Steiner is a very, very old British company that was formerly the hairdressers to the Queen and the royal family, you know, owned probably 150 salons across the, the UK, pretty much, you know, there were a few places that you went when you when you left beauty school and Steiner was, was one of them. So, well, you know, very, very renowned, very British company. They then went from land operations to the spa ship world and currently still own over 200, I think, uh, spa, uh, spas on board luxury cruise ships. I think one of my newest team member at my spa in LA was trained. Do they have a school in Miami? They do? Yeah, that's where she went. She's licensed in like three different places, but that was one of the schools that she, and I'd never heard of it till last week. She was telling me about the experience. Probably Florida College of Natural Health she maybe went to. So, you know, the, the company Steiner basically owns the cruise ship business, they own schools, about 20 different schools across the U.S. They own several product lines. Elemis is one of the product lines. So Elemis was where, you know, I was a line that I first started working with on the cruise ships, had known Sean for a very long time since he, he'd run several companies before. And then that was my reason for actually going to Singapore when I left the cruise ship world and being a spa director was to launch that line in Asia. So I've kind of done a full circle in my career and ended up now where I first began. Isn't that so funny how that happens to us sometimes? So, you know, basically the, you know, Sean approached me and said, you know, I want, I want you to, I need your help. And, you know, that's the easiest way to get my attention because we're skin therapists. We love helping everybody. Um, so, you know, about, it'll be actually two years in August, I moved over to the Elemis team and, you know, we, we've got one training center in Miami right now. Of course, we're very tightly woven into that cruise ship business and we, you know, we've really grown the brand in the U.S. market through luxury spas, we're in over 200 of those. Um, have a lot of spa partners. It's it's much more of a spa brand. We have a lot of body and skin treatments, um, beautiful products, all made in the UK. Just because I'm a curious person, and it, you know, when people I contact him to be on the Beauty Biz Show, they go, well, "What are we going to talk about?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it. I've asked too many questions my whole life. I found a way to make it work for me." But just because I'm curious, I want to ask you, like, what sells on a cruise ship? I'm curious because it's an area of our industry that I don't know much about. And let me tell you, you know, we're talking about m m just 
so much money that is spent on products on a cruise ship, let me tell you. And the, the treatments, now you actually have to book your treatment before you even take a cruise if you want the time that you want. So spas are book solid on these ships. The spas are book solid. Love it. Whether, you know, whether that's for a traditional, you know, 60-minute massage or whether you're getting a wonderful biotech, you know, LMS facial, you know, there's there's pretty much everything. And the I work very, very closely with this with the this cruise ship team on all the development of the of the treatments as well. And they are constantly looking at like, what do we need to add? What is the consumer looking for? They're looking two years out of what they think the new treatments are. So never underestimate, you know, what you can find on there. So whether, you know, now there's wonderful salt rooms on board cruise ships, there are do-it-yourself, make your own salt scrubs, you know, in the, in the, you know, spa areas. I mean, it's, it's incredible. There are cruise ships in China that are doing medical procedures. It's mad. It's an incredible business, but yeah, the obviously massage is number one, but a lot of people are getting skin treatments and, and, you know, two hour treatments with microcurrent and ultrasound and LED, because I think they also, you know, one, they're very, very good marketers Two cruisers know this is really like, you know, a floating spa retreat for me too and city. Yeah. So, you know, whether it's getting your hair up and makeup done, you know, for for a special event on board a, a cruise or whether you're really serious about, you know, I actually want to take care of the cellulite and or, you know, all of this neck and shoulder pain in in, in my back. People know now that you're going to get a wonderful experience on board, that the staff are very, very well trained and there are great products to choose from. And do they sell a lot of retail on the ships? Crazy amounts of retail. Love it. It is It is. It is part of the job. So in how we train the staff, it is part of the service. You know, you they've also got very tough targets to reach too. You know, obviously, it costs a lot of money to operate spas on board ships. So, you know, they know that they need to make recommendations to you. So whether that's a skin brush to help, you know, with your cellulite and detoxification or whether that's a refreshing leg gel like you got, which is wonderful for puffiness and, you know, swollen ankles on board and just travel in general or whether it's, you know, a $150 moisturizer. So they're very, very good at that, very good at promoting the services on board. There are set times on the cruise where we're doing demonstrations and inviting people to come and test and try. And, you know, the thing is, when I was on board, you know, I, I, I spoke to the to the cruise team, you know, a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, you know, I ran one of the spas that I ran on a carnival ship, I would do, you know, 45,000 US dollars a week. And they oh said, no, gosh. we do three times that amount now. Wow. Wow. And I was completely, you know, gobsmacked as we say in the UK about that I mean I I was like that's insane um well you know my former life (laughs) career I was a flight attendant so I traveled around the world and I'm just thinking that leg gel would be a phenomenal addition to the first class care kit that you get on American Airlines because you're right you get puffy and weird and I know when I was flying anything that I could put on that felt good and smelt good felt so luxurious so there, there's a marketing tip for Elemis. Get in the the care kit. We are on all of the British Airways. I love uh, it. Yeah. So when you when it, we've been on there, we've actually been their longest standing vendor um, for I want to say probably ten years. And you get that kit when you are in first or business on British Airways. I mean, give me some leg gel and eye cream, and I'll be a happy passenger. You're happy. Yeah. <laughs> the lip, the lip. Oh arm, yeah, lip too. All good. <laughs> All good. Oh, it's fantastic. You're making me want to go on a vacation, actually. Yeah. No. Think of all the people listening in that are in snowy areas, and we got nothing to complain about. Oh, yeah. I'm in Palm Springs today, and I'm freezing. So I just – I don't know how I grew up in Vermont. It's like this this climate works for me, even if it is 120 every day in the summer. I'll take it. So 
I wanted I want to pop into another area that I found to be rather interesting and that was your trend an article or a speech that you did on trends and you had three things that we should really be thinking about as practitioners. And I thought they were brilliant because it's stuff that I realize I do every single day but it had never been brought to the top of mind awareness in my world before. So Talk to, you know, however you want to, or whatever you'd like to share about the trends. And I know I saw togetherness, sleep deprivation and pain management. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that was actually just part, part one of a little article that I'm doing with, with Sheree, Tennessee. And she, you know, she actually attended my presentation in, in Atlanta in no, October and that's kind of where this came from I, I do a, I do like a yearly you know trend watch presentation where I think you know these are the things we need to think about so you know number one which was really important it is that togetherness trend of, of people being you know lonely very very disconnected um having you know nowhere to go basically and I believe that the spa the salon the skincare center you could have a tiny jewel box is sort of the final frontier of being able to offer this togetherness connected you know wonderful place of healing and it's not even about them even coming in just for treatments it's you know it's that client who I think about my my older clients who would sit there like in that reception area and you would say, can we get your cab? You know, is anyone picking you up? No, no. You know, I had a client and she was like, no, I just want to sit here. I just love being, you know, yeah, with they don't want to leave. Don't want to leave. I found the statistic that it was in the article. Is it Cherie? Cherie's yeah. article on LinkedIn. I found it. I found the yeah, statistic yeah, that-, that I maybe, I don't know if it was you or her mentioned that no close friendships the, the number has tripled since 1985 that we just are not welcoming friendship in our world like we used to. Yeah. And, you know, obviously technology is a lot to do with that too. I mean, you know, all the plus sides of being connected 24-7 and on our phones has left us so disconnected. And, you know, I have I have 12 nieces and nephews and my, my teenage nieces are, you know, constantly you know instagramming and 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 acting like they have these gigantic personalities online and on on social on insta but to have a conversation with them where they look at you in the eye and they're really talking to you and 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 paying attention and being able to use their verbal skills and their verbal communication is something that's really very challenging for them i babysat the other night and the teenagers were sitting on the couch together and finally i'm like are you guys texting each other and they were oh yeah they were even talking next to each other on the couch it was so crazy yeah, so this it, we've got to be really careful of this, and I I feel like the the social skills are going to be lacking, you know, in our Gen Zs and and younger because because of this. So it's like you know, for me, I'd be like, okay, guys, it's a no phone, no technology time at least for an hour and a half over dinner every night. No no phones at the dinner table, and you have to have that and. One thing that I did when I was at, at IDI and Dermalogica, I had a rule like if we were in a conference or in a meeting, we actually had a little, a little, um, you know, basket by the door and you left your phone there yeah, because it was really important to be, be there and be connected and everything. So I think what we offer, you know, I think we need to move away a little bit of being like treatment, 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 result, result, result. Because we need to concentrate a little bit more on the the vital connection that happens when we're humanly together, when we're touching, when we're listening, when we're interacting um, with another human being. And and that is why our world, our, our industry is absolutely critical. And obviously people are clambering to be in groups and crowds. I mean, why would you stuff yourself into a sweaty soul cycle where literally the person in front of you, their sweat is hitting you. Spewing germs. (laughs) We weren't desperate to be around other people. 
So this crowdsourcing togetherness trend is huge and other industries are jumping on it, particularly fitness, cooking, classes, you know, that people are taking together. But we need to be better in the spa. And, you know, when you're running events and, and, and that's what we talk about in the article is like, make sure that you are every month putting an event on. It doesn't need to be a big hoo-ha, you know, of where you've like exactly worked out everything. It's it's togetherness and bring in someone to teach a little bit of meditation or at-home relaxation or, you know, the juicing bar down the road. Is there somebody that wants to come and do a little demonstration of like what are the best, you know, juicing recipes you can do in your own home? I think it's about looking at your at your space as a place to bring people together and not just always around services and treatments. Creation of community. I mean, that's how you're going to become the talk of the town. Exactly. I mean, these things were so powerful when I read them the other day that you had mentioned because all of them show up in my business. Yeah. So togetherness, huge. And I love that. Stop feeling like you're just trying to promote a facial and create a community in your business. What a powerful success building tool that is. And, and how great that you can network and interact with your other small family-owned surrounding businesses. Strategic you know, alliances. Strategic alliances where you're recommending each other, where you're helping each other, like coming together like a small village, you know, of, of what are we doing in the communi- community for the people that really need it. And I think about... You know, I did a lot of work with with teens and and acne and and hosting, you know, brownies and and, and girl guides in my space. And that's really important, too, is like get the teenagers in, get them in early, be that place for them where they're not searching, you know, Instagram to get all the acne education. They need to be coming to you, a real person that's qualified to talk about what they need to do and how important it is to wash their sports gear and you know should they be wearing a cotton top under their you know their their football shirt to help with that back knee those are are really important things to do that you need to plug into your calendar so it's a perfect time you know for our listeners and and your your tribe Laurie to to look at like all of their planning for the year and what am I slotting in and what are my community events and what's the education that I want to bring to my surrounding area Um, and that's what keeps them close then you're not so worried about groupons and coupons and 50% off and yeah, people are loyal to their tribe. People are loyal, but you have to keep them connected and yeah. coming to you. And and you know, and I you... love teaching a teen. It's so simple. Don't teach them just how to wash their face. Teach them lifestyle and self care tips. Oh my god, washing their hair, keeping their hair away from their face. Yeah. Um. You know, the sports gear. The you know the the breakout teen that is needs to change that pillowcase. You know, I would tell them I don't want any fabric softener on this. The number one ingredient in those dryer sheets is animal fat, and it just is going to coat that pillowcase and that then coats your skin and it's going to make your your breakout so much worse so you know those lifestyle household tips diet you know clothes washing changing your sheets all really important to them that that you know they're not going to find that on on snapchat and instagram and then moving on to the second trend that you talked about was somehow acknowledging and helping people with sleep deprivation. And this is, I have a client who has five kids. She cannot sleep at night. Half the reason she comes to me is for the half hour of Saluma LED light panel I put onto her. And I actually leave the room with her because she just wants to snore. Of course. And, and relax. So it's really paying attention to these things that our clients are craving craving um and you know this is why we see so much with the with the massage at home trend on demand trend um as well of of of, you know within three clicks on the app having someone come into your home and massaging you you just crawl right back right into bed so we need to address it people are sleep deprived you know 85 percent of the population have have sleeping problems um 40.6 million Americans complain of getting, you know, less than six hours a day. So, you know, there's a lot of things happening. One, 
our digital devices, that, that, that light that, that comes off our digital devices, people keep their phones next to the bed, that has got to stop. You know, you've got to remove, as I say, and it always gets a bit of a giggle in my lectures, you know, you've got to remove all electronics from the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true, you know, that, and it's so funny because I just got a couple of salt lights, you know, wonderful, gorgeous, you know, radiance that they give off. The Himalayan. Um, I have them all over my spa. I I don't know. They make me feel good. Yeah, and I put a couple in the bedroom, and I'm I'm definitely sleeping better myself. And I am a, I I'm a person that can't turn it off. The as my husband says, your wheels are constantly turning and turning. <laughs> and you know, I would have a notebook next to my bed because I would have a dream, or I'd wake up, or I couldn't sleep, and I'd have to write my ideas down. So if you're that kind of a person, and you you know you can't switch off, there's a lot of things that you can do. Obviously, aromatherapy number one, huge, taking aromatherapy bath with lavender, chamomile, making your room dark, all the rest of it. But this is something we need to teach our clients and offering like a sleep workshop, even if you do it once a quarter where you get your clients to come in with their neighbors, with their husband, whatever, and teaching them some really simple, you know, sleep techniques. I'll, I'll send you a really nice list that I've got that you you can upload onto your, um, to your website, Laurie, for your, for your listeners and clients to download. Yeah. Of simple things that we can do, you know, to help us because it leads to more illness. It leads to lack of attention. It leads to car accidents. It leads to us not being able to perform properly at work. Brain fog, for sure. Just Yeah, it's just like this massive cascade of, of things that go wrong in our waking life when we're not getting a good you know, night's rest. A lot of beauty brands, retail brands are now introducing these sleep aids. I I just interviewed Dr. Murad a little while back and he sent me some of his sleep aid and it's a spray with melatonin and GABA and some other stuff. And it's lovely. So, you know, our brands in the, the beauty world are starting to recognize the importance of a good night's sleep. Oh, for sure. And maybe we've always recognized it. Maybe I should say they're starting to really support it. Yeah. Uh, You know, in in skincare, obviously, we did a big study at LMS about what happens to the the skin at night and how can we rectify it and what aromas, you know, aromatherapy blends could we use, you know, um, and we actually use this wonderful little tiny flower that basically it only opens at night. It's called night scented stock. It's, it's from the UK. We grew it with the first manufacturer to actually grow this, you know, with a farmer because the tiny little seeds that we get from it are amazing at replenishing the skin because your skin gets more dehydrated at night. So yeah, every manufacturer is, is looking at this trend. How can we correct the skin at night? How can we correct the hydration? I had no idea that uh, the skin got yeah. dehydrated at night. Yeah, I always thought that was our reparative time. It is, but it, it goes through, actually your skin temperature jumps up a little bit. You sweat a little bit more, then you can cool a little bit more. And then generally after you sweat a little bit, the skin can become more dehydrated. And then that is when regeneration is meant to happen. But if your skin is having to deal with so much clear up from the day, it's still busy dealing with what you've exposed it to in the daytime and you know what we're exposing our skin to in the daytime now is so much more because of pollution because of all of this light exposure right you know our diet whatever it might be how our skin has to cope with its coping mechanism in the daytime gets pushed into the nighttime that you're not getting the regeneration benefits that you would have got before. So, you know, that's that client who's like, I can't heal up this one pimple. It's just been here forever and ever and ever and it won't go away. Or now I've got this brown spot after this pimple or I just look tired all the time. My skin looks lifeless. And that's why these nighttime products and this whole nighttime movement and giving your clients a nighttime ritual is really at the forefront right now. So I know my listeners, and if you don't talk about a specific product they can find this flower in, you're going to get a lot of emails or I am. So is there some, is there a name? Is there a website? What info can we give out? It's called (laughs) Peptide 4. It's, uh, it's by LMS. It's on night recovery 
product and it turns from a, a cream into an oil on the skin. And the aroma of the, the petigrain that we've got in there and the lavender and the clove, the, the aroma is you can't actually extract the essential oil from these tiny petals that we grow in the UK. So we had to, to make it ourselves with these essential oils to get the smell exactly right. And this product is very kind of close to my heart because I mentioned my mum as a nurse and she's very much a holistic nurse as well. And, you know, people used to think she was a white witch in the village we grew up in it was like because she would heal dogs cats half broken birds let alone like every neighbor and every kid that you know fell down in the street but anyway she would open up our windows at night and she would plant this night scented stock which is tiny little purple pink flower and it was like you would take the seeds and you'd sprinkle it in your flower beds and be in the months of sort of like April through July is when it blooms and she'd open up the windows for the smell to come in when we went to bed at night. Oh, I love that. So this is close, near and dear to you. Very near and dear to me. Nostalgic type. Very nostalgic. And, you know, scent has that, right? It triggers all those memories for us. So it is an absolutely beautiful product, you know, and it's a great nighttime product that isn't sort of like, oh, what skin type do you need to be? It's like everybody can benefit from this. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, that's I'll a good tip. I'll send you too, Laurie, so you can try it. Oh my God, you're spoiling me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so then let's talk about, we'll kind of wind things down talking about pain management because that was the third trend that you spoke of in the article. And after that, I want you to share some success tips with our listeners. Yeah. So, you know, pain, chronic pain, it's like a hundred million people are complaining, you know, and, and are in chronic pain. So it's it's also, you know, for the, the spa owner and the spa practitioner looking at, okay, what are the what are the remedial, what are the treatment therapies that I'm offering for people who are in pain? Um, and you know, I, it's so funny. I'm I work out of our, our guest house office and you know, we've got about 10 different microcurrent uh, muscle devices here because my husband's a hockey player so the pain is constant for him mainly from injuries because he's really too old to be playing <laughs> and on the ice god bless him he didn't hear that um but you know it's like he can't play a game with without coming back and something hurting but so you know he, he's a warrior but you know our, our clients are in that pain too so it's and you know it's debilitating this you know when people wake up and they haven't slept well because they are in pain. They then wake up and it takes them five minutes to get out of bed. And then, you know, they can hardly even put their clothes on. It's it's a huge, you know, terrible thing that's happening to us as a society. And they'll do anything. So whether it's buying a, you know, stand-up desk or an ergonomic chair or seeing their chiropractor, you know, and this is part of what is fueled the massive business that is massage, that is, you know, on-demand massage of having somebody coming to my house in an hour, a complete stranger, um, because people need touch, they need care, they need help, they need they need us to offer this, this in the spa. So whether you are a massage therapist or not, you, you need to have this, you know, as a service, you know, in your business because people really, really need it. And then you need to look at, well, what are the hot and the cold therapies that I can offer? So whether it's, you know, marble stones or whether it's I just put a treatment together that's going to be, you know, salt stones to massage over the body. You know, we're looking at that all the time. You know, how can we bring about relief for somebody? And hot and cold therapy is one of the best ways you can do that. Yeah, I nothing feels better to me than some hot stones. I mean, it's, it's part of the earth and it can be so therapeutic. And that's one of the things I do, and I can contribute a lot of my success to this, is just really listening to a client's needs. And when they lay on the table and they go, my neck is killing me, Yeah, I'm working on their neck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, pay attention to these of things. Of course. You know, and I would say, too, like, relook at your intake, your, your consultation card and your intake forms. Like, just have a fresh set of eyes on it and say, 
what do I really, what do I really want to know about my client? You know, we spend a lot of time of like, do you use a cleanser, a serum, a moisturizer, you know, of, of trying to get into their skin habits, but also ask them, how are you feeling today? Would you like more energy? Would you like less energy? How well are you sleeping? How many hours would you say that you get a night? Um, are there any of the areas of your body that you're feeling pain? You know, look inside the skin, you know, explore who your client is in a much deeper way. And then build just like you mentioned, you know, what you're doing around it. So even if you are giving a skin treatment, could you put hot or cold stones in their hands? Could you put on, turn on the blanket? My, you know, even my, my brow girl down the street here has, you know, crystals built into her healing blanket that she has on her bed. So when I'm in there and, and, and she's, you know, microblading my eyebrows it's like I'm really comfortable in her bed so we've got to look at the room look at the environment of how we bring about that ultimate wellness I love something that you just said asking your client would you like more or less energy what a great question yeah yeah, because I'm wound up like a firecracker half the time, <laughs> right? So <laughs> I want to like, for me at nighttime, it's bringing it all down. I don't have any kind of lack of energy, really. You know, for me, it's shutting it all down and bringing it down. Another person who's got, you know, more of a congested skin, who's cold all the time, you know, they want more. They want to get going. So, you know, it's going to be heat. It's going to be crystals. It's going to be ginseng tea. And you're going to build around that and I, I I think you know how you can't compete with that that personal attention of where you fine-tune the details to your clients needs they're not going they're not buying that voucher they're not going to anyone they are coming to you because you understand them and you've looked deeply into what their needs are connection yes absolutely well I hope that we are not up against each other in ballrooms in the future because I want to sit in on one of your speeches. I've learned so much from you today. It was such a pleasure. <laughs> and me too. I mean, I, yeah, we need to we need to like coordinate our, our our speaking engagements this year and make sure we're matching up and yeah and and, and not put on at the same time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, let's wind down the show today with a few success tips. Do you have one or two things you'd like to share with our listeners on how they can make 2018 and and the rest of their career as wonderful as you've set yours up to be? Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I I think very importantly, you know, we've covered a lot of success tips and what we've spoken about, but I think that uh, one of the things that I've heard a lot from from spas is they're having problems with recruitment. Yes, yes. And, and you know, no, you know, you know, no. A lot of Gen Zs and are not coming into the industry, and if they are, they don't want to work full time, and they've got three or four jobs going on, and they're quite happy to live in mum's basement, right? So, I think everyone needs to put together their recruiting plan of how am I going to attract people into this industry? How can I go out and talk at high schools um, and talk at colleges and talk about what I do and why I do it and, and put together a little small presentation with a little video of my spa? We need to be the voice of our industry to attract new people into our industry. And spa owners and skin therapists, you know, we're the best people to go out there and do that, to show them what this industry is about, what opportunities it can give to you, how you can travel the world, and more than anything, the absolute privilege to be able to work on clients that really, really need us. So recruitment I think is really important so what's your recruitment plan how are you connecting with local schools and colleges in your area you know what is your interview process and and what language are you speaking to attract this next generation and a big piece for them that dovetails into this is how are you giving back so what are you doing to support your local community so whether that's Three times a year that you're offering, you know, an an open free day to foster mums that are in your area. And that one's really apparent in my mind because I'm doing that in a couple of weeks. So, you know, how are you giving back to foster mums? How are you giving back to teens with acne? How, how, what are your philanthropic efforts for the year? 
because that piece is very, very important to millennials and to Gen Z. They want to know what is the bigger mission of what your spa is doing. I love that. I just posted something in the Beauty Biz Club the other day that was a quote by Jim Rohn, and I may not have it exactly right, but it says you're only able to grow once you give. And isn't that the truth? Yeah, that is so good. And it is, it is, you know, heart filling, you know, I mean, if you want, if people say to me, I'm not getting any satisfaction, I say to them, you know, well, what are you doing to give back? How are you volunteering any of your time? What is your passion project that you feel really deeply about? So whether that's helping out at a, at, at an animal shelter or whether that's helping with wayward teens, you know, find a charity, find a nonprofit, find a local group that is really close to your heart and say, this is what I'm going to dedicate to. And make sure you're sharing that on your website, on your social media, on your menus, in your spa, that people can see, oh, wow, this, this is, this is how Laurie's giving back. This is what her passion project is. This is why I'm going to come in on Friday because she's giving, you know, 20% of her proceeds of all her sales are going towards this. Or, you know, I'm going to come to this fundraiser event and I'm going to support it. So we have to have that. And in that piece, that's the piece that's going to resonate with millennials and and, and Gen Zs to, to want them to come and work for you too. Gosh, I never thought about that. I just assumed all beauty biz schools are packed full, hard to get into, turning out graduates. Really? Yeah, I mean, they. I, I definitely think they are. The hard, there are. It is popular. Okay, people are definitely signing up and they're going to school, but they're not entering the industry once they've got their license. They're not coming in because they're like, I, you know, I could go work at such and such and get that. They, you know, or I'm going to run three jobs or I've done this, but I'm still not really sure about what I want to do when I, when I grow up. You know, Amy, who's the spa directors at um, the Breakers in Palm Beach, you know, her and I had that conversation actually at, at, at iSpa and I connected her to the Florida College of Natural Health and all of the, the colleges that Steiner owns in that area. And I'm like, you've got to go in and give a talk. you like, you need to go in and, and really start promoting your spa and your benefits and what you have to offer and share with them, you know, all the events that you do every year and what you're supporting. Um, and that's why that one's a bit top of mind for me, because I've heard it a lot, as you probably have, um, from different owners and practitioners of like, I can't find anyone. No one seems to be interested in really working they might be going to school and getting their license but then they're not working or they're not working full-time or they're flipping back into retail or driving an uber um they're not working in our industry now you've given me a whole new mission to go out there and right? <laughs> start focusing on so i know we, it's like we always used to say from cradle to, from cradle to grave it's like that that's how we need to look in our industry and i think you know, going into high schools and talking about why this is such an amazing profession, because it is the American way. It is kind of stamped into you that, well, my parents want me to go to, you know, college and go get my, you know, three, four year degree. We've got to, we've got to really bring what the industry is about and the importance of our trade to parents and kids and uh, show them why this profession is so wonderful. Last year, I did something similar. I had, you know, a group of gals in this mastermind, all in the beauty industry, all high level earners in the beauty industry. And one of our, our meetings was surrounding go find somebody to mentor. Right. And they did. And they're like, oh my goodness, this feels so good. But it was people just getting out of school, trying to find a job and trying to be successful. But that was so important to me to create that within this high level mastermind group in our industry. And yeah. now you've just really kind of reaffirmed how important it is for us. Anyone listening in who feels like you have something to contribute, get your butt out there and do it for the industry. Yeah. And, you know, I I think it's almost like putting together like your own little sort of recruitment network plan, right? Of, you know, where are my local schools in my area? What are some of the groups that I could talk to? And where am I linking up? Where am I connecting dots as to this is, if I'm talking to high school kids, like what college am I going to recommend? Let yeah. me make sure that I feel good about their program and what are the next steps for them? And, you know, that's why apprenticeships are so great 
because they give people that that little taste. I mean, I constantly would have, oh, you know, will you take my daughter on Saturdays so she can come and learn what what beauty is all about? And we need to get back to doing a little bit more of that again, I, I think, very sort of grassroots approach to it. Well, gosh, you know what? I next time you have a little bit of a lull in your schedule, reach out to me so we can continue this conversation. I did not expect for us to chat this long today. And I so appreciate your time. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for, for asking me. And, and thanks for everybody in, in, in supporting you too, Laurie. I mean, you've built your, your own empire here and I'm, you know, I, I want to be part of the gang too now. Good. And you are welcome in my gang anytime. <laughs> well you know it just why don't you share a url where somebody can find out more about you or more about elemis so we can give a shout out to the brand yeah it's just annette which is spelled very strangely a-n-n-e-t dot king at elemis.com um or, or my gmail is annette m king at gmail dot com and you can find me on social or linkedin and yeah please you know i'm I haven't got a huge amount of time, but I am (laughs) there for you. And if you want advice or next steps or there's anything that I've covered and you want more information on, I have a ton of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to be a support for everybody out there. It gets lonely when you're in the room on your own, particularly. And just know that you have this big sisterhood around you that just wants nothing more than your success. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm going to be reaching out to you soon to see if you want to come in my private membership group, the Beauty Biz Club, and and give an hour-long chat in there because you have some really great stuff that you're sharing with us. Love to. Thank you. It's been my absolute pleasure, Laurie. Thank you, Annette. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks for tuning into the beauty biz show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to build the beauty biz of your dreams. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the beauty biz club, the only professional success-based society designed to fuel your success by providing you with the ongoing resources that are needed to excel in the beauty industry, please visit beautybizclub.com. Again, that's beauty biz club.com. Also, if you'd like a copy of my free report, top 10 secrets of successful beauty biz practitioners, please visit lorikrete.com. 